Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hey, I'm glad to have all of you back today. I know we have a lot of problems sometimes with, you know, trying to get through to doctors, trying to uh, get information put forward, trying to stop our people from being self-destructive. And then we end up seeming like we're just swimming in circles. We never get anywhere. What do we need to do to get somebody's attention? What do you do if you have a person who keeps um, canceling doctor appointments? That's that happens all the time. We'll have a person that has Alzheimer's or or Lewy body uh, that will cancel doctor appointments when you're trying to make them. And the doctors are so busy that if you cancel something, you may not get in for another six months to a year, especially if you're trying to see a neurologist. It's just super frustrating. And families don't know what to do. Quite frankly, I don't know what to do. I sometimes I'm just at a loss because that person may be able to go in and talk to a doctor and just talk around everything and say, say, um, you know, hey, I think I'm fine. Everybody's trying to steal my money. They're they're not listening to what I want. They talk a blue streak because they have that persistent talking that happens with the temporal lobe. Um, and they can talk their way around or through appointments. And they will talk to uh, doctors and kind of snow them a little bit and make them think that that they are perfectly capable of taking care of themselves when the doctor doesn't know or realize that that person is spending an exorbitant amount of money. They are refusing care. They are confrontational with families. They are suffering from extreme delusions. They may be hoarding or going out and buying a lot of of items that they don't need in a house they already think is too small because they have so much stuff from wall to wall. Um, Driving. You know, I, I have a client this morning that let me know that they had a driving test set up for their person, and the person uh, – they got the help of a doctor, a neurologist, to get that appointment set and to get it set quickly, and the person with the diagnosis canceled it. And you can be confrontational with them. You can say, look, I if you're going to cancel that, I'll just get rid of your car. I'll sell your car. Well, you know what they'll do? They'll go out and buy another car. That's what will happen. They'll go out and buy another car. We're damned if we do and damned if we don't. These are things that all of you deal with on a regular basis. Oh, trust me. I know. I know. I told Brian, my engineer, that 
my entire morning <laughs> before I got here. I was a half an hour late getting into the studio because I have so many people calling me with problems like this. I, it's just the nature of the beast. I'll just give you a little glimpse into my day. So I have had a person that um, has a a mother with with uh, what we think is Lewy body who believes that she is being dive-bombed by airplanes every day. And she tapes her windows shut, uh, her window coverings to the wall so that the rays from the light don't come in and disintegrate her. Um, she refuses care. She refuses medication. We're, we're doing everything we can to get her a neuropsych evaluation, and she keeps canceling them. And she will tell the doctors that she doesn't want her family involved in the calls. Is this sounding familiar to any of you? Where she meets with the doctor by herself and refuses to let her family members be a part of it. I mean, you want to talk about a mess. You can't even get help when you're asking for it. And if you try to make an appointment with a Jerry psych unit, they won't do it with you without the person. <laughs> I don't know how we don't keep from losing our minds, people. I'm so with you. My caregiver nation, you are stretched thin. It feels sometimes like nobody will listen to you. If you try to go to like the DMV and ask them to revoke that person's license or you try to call an insurance company, um, you have to have a letter sometimes from a doctor explaining what the diagnosis is just so you can enact the power of attorney that keeps them safe from themselves. And the fact of the matter is, um, if you don't have the diagnosis, chances of getting a doctor to present that for you is slim and none. And we're just struggling on a lot of levels to try to do the right thing when you can't get any perceived help. I mean, it uh, today, I basically am just here for you. <laughs> I am here for you, and I will try to troubleshoot as many of these problems as I can possibly think of um, with you, you know, so oftentimes you'll take that power of attorney and you might go to a bank and say, I want you to let me know if my person tries to take out large sums of money and the bank will say, we're not going to do that. We could lose our license and they don't believe the power of attorney. Well, sometimes that's more about a um, what the type of power of attorney is, if it's a springing one or if it's a durable power of attorney. I'm going to have to get Clara Lee Charlton on here to uh, explain all this stuff because it usually I have her talk about tax things this time of year. But um, this is note to self. I need to get her on the show again to talk about all these kinds of things and what they mean because it's um, – it makes a difference when you go and try and enact this power of attorney when somebody is doing something like driving a car when they shouldn't 
and um, spending money that they don't have and hoarding and refusing care. And you want to get home care in, but you can't get home care in because you have to use the power of attorney for that um, with the home care companies that you're working with. And if that person can talk to the, the person that you're trying to work with and say, I don't need anything that they're trying to give me, those entities will walk away. <laughs> They'll just walk away. They think that person is okay. They think that person is of sound mind when they're not. I mean, I'm telling you, it, uh, it's all such a cluster, and you can finish the the word for me. Um it's just difficult. So sometimes I have to tell people, look, you might have to step on toes, go to a different doctor, go to someone else. Um, if you can go to somebody else in the same practice, that's helpful, but sometimes that doesn't work very well. Um, get a psychiatrist involved if you can Make phone calls on your own to that person's insurance company or to their bank and take those powers of attorney and make sure it's it's not durable. Durable means only if they need you swinging or springing, whatever it's called. Um, this is why we need Clarily. Uh, that one um, means that you can use it if a person is making bad decisions on their own. There are different states' rules about if you can't get people to work with you, if you can't get the person to recognize they have a problem, you may have to go to an attorney and get a conservatorship or a guardianship. And that's a sticky wicket if ever there was one. But if you're left with no other resolve, you might need to do that. You might need to get a hold of an elder care attorney and figure out what you can do because it's so hard when that person won't work with you. They're sabotaging everything you're trying to do. Um, for you, all you people out there in my caregiver nation, please feel the huge hug I'm trying to give you right now because it is frustrating as hell. I'm frustrated trying to help my clients. I can't even imagine walking in your shoes. Oh my gosh. So, you know, that's that's the troubleshooting I've been able to try to figure out today. For the person whose parent keeps driving and all that kind of stuff, I suggested that they go to the local insurance company and see if they'll cancel them. If, that way, if you just disable the car or take the car away, they can't just go buy another one because they can't legally drive without it. Um, and if you have to, if they pull out of the the lot – uh, out of the driveway, follow them, call the police and say, I have a person with Alzheimer's who's driving illegally and they're on the road right now. Can you please come and give them a ticket and show up in court and tell the judge this person has Alzheimer's and let the judge take the ticket or the car away? What do we do when we run out of options? What do we do? Do we make the insurance just so high? Do you ask the insurance to cancel them? 
Um, you can I always recommend hiring like a scientific study, but in the case of the people I'm working with today, um, they had that appointment set up and the woman called and canceled it. It was for tomorrow and she canceled it last week. And the only reason why they knew is because she has memory loss and she blurted it out to somebody. So they found out um, that that was happening. Oh my God, the shit you deal with is just unbelievable. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I, I really, I, my heart goes out to you. So if you try something and something's not listen, somebody's not listening, you need to go ahead and step on their toes and, and go to somebody else. Go to another doctor. Go to another insurance company. Go to another bank. Take your stuff out of the, the, your assets and everything out of that bank and put it in another bank. That will work with you. Get an attorney that can send strong letters if they need to of of what you need to do. And that guardianship I was talking about, the difference between a guardianship and a conservatorship is that a guardianship deals with the person. So you take care of the person. You take care of them medically. You take care of their day-to-day. You take care of getting them home care. Um, getting them into a care community, whatever it is. And a conservator in most states, um, wherever you live, you have to find the rules for wherever you live. Look it up on Google. Google has everything these days, Um, except for how to deal with stuff that we're dealing with. (laughs) Yeah, I got to be a smart aleck because I'm I'm just frustrated with the lack of – cooperation that I'm getting on these different subjects today. Uh, But anyway, a conservatorship basically is somebody who will deal with the financial situation of a person. They will take care of their IRA, their retirement accounts, their bank accounts, and they pay all their bills and they, they will take care of it. So in some states like Colorado, you need those separately. Um, And that's the last place you want to go because those are not easy things to work with. Um, If you are a guardian or a conservator, you have to keep every receipt that that you get. If you pay for even new Post-it notes for that person, you have to keep that receipt. You have to account for every single solitary dime and moment of their life just to make sure that um, nobody's taking an advantage of them and that the judge knows you're not the person that's taking advantage of them. And it's a sticky problem. It's not an easy relinquishing solution to any problem. Um, for the person who is in either of those roles, it's a freaking nightmare. It's a ton of paperwork. It's due diligence. It's responsibility on steroids. It's just crazy and you have to be responsible for every ounce of their being, everything that they do, every doctor appointment they make, every bill that they pay, every dime that comes out of their uh, account. You have to account for it. It's, it's, to say it's difficult is an understatement. To say it's necessary is an understatement. To want to step into that role is semi-insanity. You love your people. 
you want to take care of them. And if you can, then do it. But it's very, very difficult to take these things in stride. It's difficult to, you know, it's difficult to step in and legally take that charge. And to be a guardian or conservator, that has to go through the courts. And it can be thousands and thousands of dollars down the road. It can be hours and hours of your time. It can be a massive headache. It can be somewhat of a relief. You will get more than your boatload of resentment from the person that you had to enact this on. They're going to be angry. They're not going to participate. And the only time that it is beneficial in any way, shape, or form from your standpoint of the person that has to do this job is if that person is blissfully unaware of what's happening around them because you'll never get an ounce of peace if you decide to take that route. But you're not getting an ounce of peace anyway. They're spending too much money. They're driving cars they shouldn't. They're they're filling their house with items. Um, people are having to move from one state to another to come and take care of them. And still, there is no resolve. Still, there is nothing good that comes from the situation. Uh, people have literally given up their lives to come and take care of a person who argues with them all day long, that talks and talks and talks with persistent talking, but it never pertains to the narrative. Um, it just goes on and on. It just goes on and on. I can tell you to be persistent. I can ask you to be patient. I can try to guide you down various roads to try to get someone from the medical community to give a diagnosis. Um, I can lead you to attorneys that can lead you on the legal front. But the bottom line is we need, we need to have some type of a diagnosis in order to have anything come into play. The power of attorney, medical and financial, um, taking the car keys away. If you don't have the diagnosis, that person can argue all day long that you are taking their livelihood away, you are relinquishing their independence, you are making their life miserable, and you end up with World War III on your hands with that person that you're just trying to help. I think maybe the second half of the show ought to be how do we keep from losing our minds when things like that happen? Because it's hard. It's hard. And I find myself all amped up and on overdrive just with, I kid you not, the five families I tried to help this morning before I came into the studio. Everybody had an absolutely ridiculous, terrible situation where the things they're trying to do, they're not getting any resolve. It 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 just... It just is what it is. I'm not laughing about it because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm exasperated and I'm as over it as all of you are. 
So uh, in a second, we're going to take a short break, and I'll come back, and I'll talk about a few more things that seem to be problems and what you can do and where you can go trying to get somebody to help you. I'll take a break, and I'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988, to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so my caregiver nation. Um, Again, I like to share things with you. So as I took that short break, I was talking to Brian and I said, I don't know that I'm helping anybody today. Um, It's just an exasperating, difficult day trying to help clients. um, And I feel their pain. I feel their angst. I feel their disillusionment. Um, I can't, I can offer avenues, but then when they go down those avenues, if they can't get any resolve, um, they just come back and I try something else. And and Brian so aptly said, this is kind of like a support group today. So that is very true. This is very much like a support group today, except for that all of you can't speak and tell me what is going on. I keep trying to figure out a way that maybe I could have people call in um, during the show and tell me what's going on. I I think I'm going to try and explore that with Brian a little bit more to see what we could do um, if I opened it up to people to call in with their questions and and would we be able to do that? I wish he was in the room right now because I would have him answer that question. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm not like a... Oh, what's that lady's name? I'm not like a call Delilah where I can um, just BS you on something and and say, you know, oh, well, try this and give her roses or give her flowers or blah, blah, blah. That doesn't work in our world, does it, my friends? No, no. The problems are real. The problems are severe. And they never seem to go away. They're there. They just persist. And it's new crap on a new day, almost always. So getting back to a day in the life of Summit Resilience Training, uh, when you have somebody 
that keeps canceling appointments. Oh, my gosh. That probably is the number one area of strife that my caregiver nation has because you are doing the best you can. It has taken you months, and I do mean months, to get in with a neurologist. And then the neurologist will set up uh, more testing and and things like that. And unbeknownst to the family, the person you're trying to help cancels the appointments. Okay, here's my troubleshooting on this one. Could we? Because I can't just I can't just leave you hanging. I just can't. I can I can commiserate with you, but I and so forth. But I want to try to give you some avenues. If because I know. <laughs> Thousands of you have this problem. So could you take that power of attorney to the doctor's office and say, if my person calls and cancels the appointment, don't cancel it until you call me? Hey, I think I just came up with something. I'm not worthless today. (laughs) That could actually work. Because it happens all the time. Now, granted, if the person has um, no diagnosis, it's a little tougher. But when you're dealing with a neurologist and you have all these issues that are popping up, can you somehow talk to the doctor and say, could you set that in place? If we set a, a PET scan or a CAT scan to be done, Um, If my person calls in, could you flag it somehow to say, uh, just don't argue with them, say, yes, we'll cancel the appointment, but then have something pop up uh, in their file that says, if a person, this person calls to cancel the appointment, call their power of attorney, call their daughter, their sister, their husband, whoever it is, and say, this person is trying to cancel the appointment. What do you want to do? Because maybe they will come screeching out of nowhere in their car or what have you, go pick that person up, not tell them they're taking them for that appointment, and then they just bring them anyway. That's probably the thing to do. I'm going to send a note to my neurologist today and say, this is a this is a huge problem. Troubleshoot with me, please, my kind, wonderful docs. And um, what can we do to keep these people from canceling these appointments? Is it is it a HIPAA thing, um, a HIPAA violation? What can we do to make sure they don't do that? Because um, just as an example, during the break, I looked to see if the doctor that I was trying to talk with today about this major problem with this one client, uh, she sent me a note and said that this woman has canceled a bunch of appointments for follow-up tests. Um, And that's what made it come to mind that, you know, this happens all the time. I I tell you what, in February, I probably had 15 to 20 calls from family members saying that their loved ones had canceled appointments that they've been trying to get into for months and months. It just makes a person want to cry. It makes you want to scream. It makes you want to pull your hair out because it's so hard to get in. It's nuts. And we're doing everything we can, um, but they're fighting against us. They're pushing against the 
the door. We we can't seem to knock it down. Ay, ay, ay. So maybe we can try something like that. We always want to try that before we're trying to go to like the guardianship and the conservatorship because you're going to have a really hard time if you don't have if you don't have a letter from a doctor saying that you've tried all this. All right, what about let's circle back to the driving. So it's a it's a liability. If they are driving a car and they've gotten in several accidents and they've had lots of problems um, with driving, they can't find their way out of a parking lot and somebody's been with them and, and realizes this. If you are on their bank account, if you are a co-person on their bank account, if you are on their house, if uh, as a co-signer, a co-owner of the house, if you are living with them and you let them drive, you could be liable. So here's my troubleshooting for this. In my mind, I think that you should document every phone call you make to a police department telling them that you have a person who continues to drive with Alzheimer's and you don't know what to do. Timestamp it date and time and who you spoke with and what the conversation was and whatever they said. If you need to, record the conversation. Record and tell them that you're recording the conversation. You need to have all this because you've done everything you can to try to stop this from happening. If you call an insurance company, do the same thing. Time stamp it, date and time. I ask them to raise my person's rate so high they can't afford it. Um, and this is who I talked to, and this is the conversation we have, and I recorded it. Go to a uh, bank and and talk to the bank and say, um, uh, this is what I need to do. I need to have a conversation with you about the money that my person is taking in or out of the bank to try and go get a new car or whatever it is. Um, I'm going to leave my power of attorney with you that I do not want them taking out an exceeding amount of money, like anything over $1,000, um, that you uh, don't want them to uh, approve any loan or discuss any loan without talking to you. Um, if they refuse to work with you, document that too, okay? Who you spoke with, the date and time, and what the conversation was. Next, contact an attorney and talk to an attorney and give them all of this information that you talk to the police, that you talk to the insurance company, that you talk to the bank. You don't want them to do a mortgage. And um, if you have talked to uh, other family members saying, we're going to take the car away, we're going to disable the car. If you have a mechanic that disables the car, get that person's name and number and document the date and time you spoke with them and what you asked them to do to the car to disable the car. So if they call and they have somebody else come out and try to fix the car, document that too. If all we can do is document to protect ourselves from being sued and losing every freaking dime we have— to somebody else because your person gets in an accident and kills somebody, and trust me, they will go after you. 
And the only protection you're going to have is all the stuff I just said. The only protection you're going to have is being able to document what you have done to try, even calls to a doctor, calls to a doctor to ask them to uh, give you a diagnosis because of this problem. Time stamp it, date, time, what the conversation was. And if you need to record the conversation, tell them you're recording the conversation because you're doing what you can do to stop this from from being a big problem for you. I mean, we're going to feel really bad if they get in an accident and they kill themselves or they kill somebody else, but you're going to feel a thousand times worse when they're taking your house. Trust me, you're not going to like that at all, and especially if you're living with the person. And uh, just like with the case of a family I was working with today, um, if if they have set up an appointment for a... um, a scientific study of how they drive and they canceled the appointment, uh, ask that place if they will give you documentation that that person called and canceled that appointment. Because then if you have to go to court, use the same attorney that you sent all this information to, okay, Make sure it's an elder attorney that knows something about various dementias. And then that person can go to a judge and say, these are the things that are happening. We have documentation out the yin-yang of things that this person is doing that make them unable to care for themselves. If you can't get a diagnosis, all that documentation is going to be your determining factor. It's going to be your evidence that this person is doing things that they shouldn't be doing. I don't know any other way to do it, you guys. I don't. We are up against it. We are constantly trying to go through a door that somebody's locked from the other side. We're constantly trying to trying to do the right thing for our person, and they think you're doing it to take away their livelihood. You're taking away their independence. And they're mad as hell about it. They're not helping you with it. They're constantly fighting against you. It's like trying to surf against a a wave that's 20 feet high. So if it gets to a point where you can't get done what you need to get done, if you can't get the diagnosis, if you can't Get that person to the doctor appointment because they keep canceling them. You can't be a part of that person's conversation with a doctor um, so that you can get the diagnosis that you need. You need to videotape your person in the home. We're not being mean to them. You need to protect yourself. Videotape the things that they are doing and somehow save them. Save them in your phone, whatever you need to do. And say, today... Uh, my person is yelling and screaming and they're arguing with me and they are not making any sense. They are not coherent today. They are not, uh, they are not cognitively aware. They are not culpable for their actions. So on this day, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm recording. It is March 3rd at uh, 1.06 p.m. And this is what I'm seeing. And then leave those in your phone. And when you have to go to court to get that guardianship or conservatorship 
um, or you're trying to get them into a care community of some type, um, you're trying to get a doctor to understand what the problems are and why you are concerned about this person's um, cognitive awareness and ability, you have concrete video information and documentation of what you are trying to express, what you're trying to show them and verify and have validated. There's just not much we can do other than that. And maybe that's what we have to do. It's it's confounding. It's irritating. It's frustrating. It's all of that and more. It's all of that and more. And I can just see your faces all around the world in all 72 countries and all 50 states shaking your head going, oh, my God, somebody understands. I'm here for you. I do. I get it. I get it. It's, it's, um, it's off the chart. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculousness. It's I don't even know what to say anymore. Today has just been a bit of a frustrating day, and all of you might say, yeah, welcome to my world, right? Yeah, I have a, I have a frustrating day like this every freaking day. This is my world. This is, this is what I'm dealing with. I get it. I guess, I guess Brian's right. This is sort of a support group day in that um, I'm trying to empathize. I'm trying to, to hear, hear what all your problems are. And these are kind of the major things. These are some of the major things that people call me about on a regular basis. I mean, it's, it, it, it's literally weekly. It's absolutely weekly that I hear stuff like this. And really, I don't want to repeat myself, but document, document, document. Videotape. Write it down. I'm telling you, you videotape everything else on the planet. I mean, just look at the world... Um, you know, the world's funniest videos or whatever it is, they document people doing stupid stuff and hurting themselves. So there's no reason why you can't take videos and show them to a doctor, send them to a doctor, communicate with with them. I just don't know what else you can do. But giving up, getting frustrated is what I don't want you to do. So if you're not getting any resolve, if you're not able to make those appointments, just document every single thing you have done and tried to do to get that person to those doctor appointments. Talk to the doctor's office. See if you can be the the next call they make. Um, Have them have you have you be the person that they call to set those appointments instead of that person if it's at all possible. And and go from there. Refusing care, not allowing home care workers to come in. Um, it's stuff I hear every day. It's stuff you deal with every single day. And try as we might to do the right thing. Sometimes it just feels like we are alone. 
we are alone and we are struggling with it. And the only other morsel I can offer you on this is to have some time cut out to walk away. Go get coffee at Starbucks, go get a massage, go outside and scream, take a run, go for a walk, go see a movie. Whatever you need to do for an hour or two, let it go for an hour or two. Let it go. Try to do what you need to do to take care of yourself and and tell yourself, well, this problem will be here tomorrow. It was here yesterday and the day before and six months prior to that. Uh, so I can give myself a break and go someplace else. They're not gonna they're not gonna expire while you're at the movies. I you know. <laughs> oh, well anyway, I hope you like this support group session today. I did what I could. I I spoke my truth and what I need. Uh, to to say out loud, because even I get exasperated with the lack of resources for us that we face on a daily basis. I love you all out there. Thank you for listening. Sorry, it's a shorter shorter show. I can talk right, really, I can. When I get exasperated, that's what happens to me. <laughs> I promise I will have more resources for you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Be well, my friends. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.